And welcome, everyone, to another edition of the wildly acclaimed, critically acclaimed ACC Now podcast, brought to you by the News and Observer and McClatchy. This is a special edition here of the podcast and what's shaping up to be a pretty big game week. And I am Andrew Carter, a veteran scribe of the NNO who has covered a bunch of different things in my years. And I have the honor and the privilege of being joined by an even more veteran scribe, the venerable Chip Alexander. Hello, Chip. Hey, Andrew, how are you? I remember when you were a young scribe, you're, you're now a veteran scribe. I am. That's, I'm, uh, that's you. I'm, I'm approaching the venerable stage myself, which of course you have been there for, <laughs> I'm not going to say quite a while. Uh, right. But, but for those listening out there, Chip uh, was actually my mentor back in the day. Uh, oh, Lord. Of sorts when I was a, uh, a young pup reporter at NC State working for Technician and, and was out there stumbling my way around Chuckamato and, and the football program. And Chip, I was thinking about that a bit today just because, you know, that was about 20 years ago when I was uh, in school there. And I mean, it might be since then, around 2002, that NC State has had this kind of football game, or at least this kind of anticipation uh, entering a football game. Um, for you, is this the biggest game in NC State history coming up on Saturday at Clemson? Well, that's come up before, and it's come up again today. And in my opinion, and it's kind of interesting that Dave Doran today said, he mentioned at some point, history's a long time when somebody was asking him that question. Like, I can't cover the whole history of the, of the program, but uh, I can cover quite a bit of it. And uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's not the biggest game, in my opinion, in school history. And I feel like looking back, and this goes back to the days of Chuck Amato, but uh, Chuck Amato, the player, not the coach, in the much-fabled 1967 season, the white shoe defense, all that, that Amato was a part of, they were 8-0 and zero, uh, late in the season and ranked third in the country. I mean, you know, much is being made of them being ranked 10th now, and it's been a long time, I guess since 2002, since they've been 10th. But they were third in the country that week, uh, going to Penn State, and it turned out that the – the team that was ranked number one, which is USC, got beat uh, that week. But uh, NC State also lost a very tough game at Penn State. Uh, and it affected them. Not only you hear about coaches saying, don't let one loss lead to a second loss. And it seemed like it might have been the case. They played at Clemson the next week with a chance to win the ACC championship and lost that game, too, on a really windy day in Clemson. A very close game there, too. To finish, you know, what started 8-0 season, to finish 8-2, they they did go to a bowl game and beat Georgia. But at the same time, you have to wonder, you know, had they won that game at Penn State and they played probably played almost well enough to win it, and had they beaten Clemson to win the ACC, really one other only one other team in the country was undefeated that year, and that was Wyoming. And they finished, uh, they were like sixth, sixth or seventh. So you have to wonder where State would have finished in the polls, you know, if they had been able to finish out that season. But uh, looking back, I have to think that was the biggest game in school history was that 67 game at Penn State. And, of course, you covered that for the NNO, right? <laughs> I did not cover that. I do remember the game. I remember uh, NC State, if my memory's 
you know, correct. And it, it probably it, but, uh, at this point, but, uh, NC state had not allowed a point in the first quarter all year. They had a great defense. Uh, and I think Penn State defense, if yeah, the white shoes defense. And, uh, they had not allowed a first quarter point and they gave up 13 to Penn state, uh, and then had to try to fight from behind, wound up losing that game 13 to eight. And of course, uh, a big part of that was Penn state holding NC state on the goal line at the end of the game. So, you know, one of those kind of, you know, could have been, would have been, kind of things in that season. What if they'd have finished 10 and 0? There was a lot of talk that they would have gone to the Sugar Bowl. Uh and no telling where they finished in the polls. But that's pretty lofty status when you get up to being ranked number three in the country. And that was at a time that season when the AP only ranked the top 10 teams. Right. Exactly. And that was the same year I believe that NC State went on the road and beat number two Houston, arguably the biggest win in school history, correct? Right. Correct. That was a big win. That was early in the season. Uh, Houston was ranked, uh, number six when they went there. Uh, and certainly that started to boost them up in the polls and, uh, you know, to get that class, I know that, uh, if you ask Chuck Amato and I've asked him before in, in casual conversation, he would tell you that he really feels like they could have won the national championship that year. That they were that close. And I know going, uh, forward to 2002, he felt the same way about that team. Uh, that they reached tenth in the country, and part of that was winning that game. You know, at Clemson, that was a that was a huge game. I don't Clemson's record, probably I forget what they were, maybe four and two, something like that. But uh, NC State at the time, you know, it was it was a Thursday night game. It was only ESPN. It was in Clemson. State was ranked twelfth. Uh, they were eight and zero, I think, and. Um, and they won the game convincingly, 38-6. to six. So a big win on national TV. Uh, they really thought, you know, anything was possible at that point, that they could finish undefeated. Still some big games ahead of them, which they wound up losing a few of them. But uh, well, I remember those days because that was when I was in school. And then, you know, if I remember correctly, they lost to Georgia Tech at home. Right. Lost to State was nine and zero. State was nine and zero going. State was eight and zero going to Clemson. Nine and zero after the Clemson game before Georgia Tech, right? And that Georgia Tech game. Well, there was one of those games. I'm trying to remember. ABC did a big uh, promo featuring Chuck driving around Raleigh and <laughs> uh, in, in a very fancy car, driving through all the landmarks and stuff. And you're seeing the signs, and he has on those shades. And there's some that might have been the Clemson game. That might have been that Clemson game. <laughs> that might have been it. And yeah, they win that game. Uh, and then they, you know, they, they basically kind of fall flat in the next three. I think it was Georgia Tech, Virginia up there. And that Virginia game, I, I think, was a miserable weather. Yeah, Mar Maryland and then Virginia. Yeah, Georgia Tech, Maryland, and Virginia. Three, three close losses. They could have won any of those games could have won all three. There were, there were very close games. And then of course the joy, you know, the Florida state win at the end of the regular season. So they went on to win, you know, school record, uh, for, for victories by beating Notre Dame in the bowl game, which, you know, another, another pretty big game. Anytime you play Notre Dame in a bowl game, I guess that's considered a pretty, pretty big game. But, uh, yeah, looking back, I think the 67, if you want to narrow me down and say, what was the biggest game in school history? I think it was that Penn state game. All right. So that, I mean, more than 50 years ago, no. uh, and, Correct. And, you know, so it's been a while and maybe not the biggest, uh, of big games throughout NC state history, but let's face it. This is, uh, you know, sort of rare territory for the Wolfpack. These opportunities, uh, 
do not really come around very often for this program, for any coach that's been there. You know, if not, if, if this is not the biggest game in school history, certainly I think if state were to pull this off somehow, it, it could be arguably the biggest win. Is, is that a fair assessment in your mind? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And, you know, uh, and this has kind of been forgotten a little bit. And this to go back to what you consider big games or bigger games or biggest games. I don't know how you really define it, but uh, you know, in 2017, NC State had Clemson in Raleigh. Uh, Clemson was ranked sixth, and State had gotten off to a good start in the in the conference that year, and really felt like they could beat Clemson in Raleigh. And we're talking about now the State Clemson series. But uh, if they'd have been Clemson and Raleigh, they had, they would have had a you know a really good foothold on getting to the ACC championship game, which obviously these days you got to get to the championship game to have a shot at the title. So um, that was a big game for them, and they lost. That was a close game, 38-31. Uh, Clemson hit them with some big plays. That's, that was the team. Uh, State was ranked 20th in that game. Clemson six. State, you know, had Ryan Finley. Uh, all those guys who were headed, uh, Bradley Chubb, those guys headed to the pros. Uh, and that was a great opportunity for him. And there was a lot of uh, a lot of buildup and anticipation for that game, too. So, you know, let's don't overlook that 2017 game. Um, and, and a couple other times, and I've, I've mentioned this to other people, too. I, I covered a couple of games in Clemson uh, when Dick Sheridan was there, when they were 6-0 and and ranked 12th going into Clemson. Uh, so those were, you know, and they knew – Obviously, to continue to own to have a great season, they would have to win that game and lost them both. So, uh, but they were undefeated, and ranked ranked twelve. So, kind of similar to where they are now, except that Clemson wasn't ranked that highly then. Uh, and certainly to have two top ten teams, you know, matched up this week. And I'll be honest with you, and we could probably talk about this. I'm not sure, you know, NC State's the tenth best team in the country. Uh, they are tenth right now in the polls. Uh, but I think offensively, they're not quite where they want to be. We're going to find out Saturday whether they're a legit top 10 team or not. Yeah. My whole thing about polls is that, you know, I wish there were no polls until about mid October or so, or, you know, around that time of year after a team has played six games or whatever, because who knows? Uh, you're right. I thought state, I'm sure you would agree was very fortunate to win that first game. Uh, at ECU, then you have a you know Charleston Southern game, kind of a but you know basically a glorified scrimmage. I did think State looked pretty good against Texas Tech, uh, you know especially defensively, offensively. I think they were still working through some things, and Devin Leary perhaps breaking out against UConn on Saturday night. But again, really, what do we know after that game, given the fact that UConn is arguably one of the worst uh, FBS teams uh, in the country, but. I wanted to ask you just kind of about, you know, the vibe around the program. You were out there uh, earlier hanging out with Dave Doran during his weekly press conference. Um, You know, this is probably the the most important game or most significant game of his career. He has been in some big ones before, going back to uh, his days before State when he coached in the Orange Bowl against FSU. Um, But in terms of his program right now at this moment, this is the opportunity. This is the chance for him to, you know, to really have NC State take that next step uh, and become even more nationally relevant and kind of seize control of the Atlantic Division. I'm just kind of wondering his outlook on things and kind of how would you describe just, you know, the vibe with him when you were out there earlier? 
Well, you know, one quick correction. Uh, Dave Doran's weekly press conferences are on Zoom, which we all enjoy. Uh, but, oh, my uh, goodness. That's okay. Well, my mistake. Yeah. <laughs> but then again, I think, I, I think the vibe, I think the vibe around the team from what I've been able to deduce has been a very business-like approach to games. And I've heard this from both uh, coordinators and players and everybody else. They said the same thing. You hear it from different teams, but state has said it a lot. It's not about the other team this week. It's just about us. It's the standard that we have set for ourselves and whether we meet that standard or not. Now, you know, going into this week's game, it might change just a little bit. It is NC state against Clemson because they know the standard that Clemson has set within the conference. And, uh, you know, another factor is, you know, that NC State did beat Clemson in Raleigh last year. I mean, Clemson is uh, at the point where they would be losing. Yeah, I don't know if you would call it a changing of the guard, with you know, within the conference at this point, but they are at the, at the point where they could be losing two in a row to one of their rivals in the uh, – here we are in the last year of the Atlantic Division, but one of their top rivals in the division – and probably will continue that way, you know, once the conference, uh, you know, goes to the single format of just all schools playing for the top two spots. But um, I'm not sure that Clemson has lost to the same team two years in a row very many times in the Dabo Sweeney era. Uh, and, of course, you know, you lose a game in Raleigh last year, double overtime, close game, exciting game. It goes down to the final play of the game. Clemson has an offensive play. State defense stops them places pandemonium uh but then again now you know nc state has to go into their place and i know there are probably some ghosts hanging around you know from the kyle bambard game of 2016 and missing that field goal at the end of the game and, and they certainly they've been uh nc state's been beaten up a few times since then in games at clemson so uh i think they're looking forward to this game i think uh, Dave Doran mentioned it again today. He thinks the players will take this with more of a business-like approach, not get caught up too much. As uh, Drake Thomas, the uh, the linebacker for State, said after the game the other night, we're not going to get caught up in the noise. We've got some guys who've been around. We've got a lot of experienced guys on this team. There's going to be a lot of noise before the game, and we're just not going to deal with it. We're not going to we're not going to pay attention to it. You know, easier said than done in the uh, done in the in the in the cell phone era, but uh, in the social media era and all this kind of thing. But uh, I think uh, you asked about the vibe of the team. I think that's it. I think I think they'll be a very focused team. Uh, the one X factor, obviously, being the storm and how that can affect things, and that could throw everything up in the air, quite literally. But uh, and that's yet another factor. That has to go into pregame preparation. What if it is a bad, you know, a bad, messy day? How will that affect their game plan? How much do they plan to pass versus run? So all that's still, you know, to be seen as the week goes along. You have to think that a wet, kind of sloppy game might might help State. I don't know. That's kind of what I think, given the fact that Clemson has shown some more explosiveness on offense. State's offense has been more sporadic, a little bit limited, you could argue. Devin Leary hasn't quite looked like that ACC preseason player of the year, uh, you know, type quarterback that maybe a lot of people expected to see. And I don't know. Do you think State is maybe praying for rain? <laughs> I don't think so. I think, you know, I think everybody wants to see. I think in a, in a perfect world, you have everything set up just the way it's supposed to be, you know, with, with the game day being at Clemson and a, and a, and a very festive atmosphere and, Everybody fired up, and it's kind of like, okay, let's let's uh, you know buckle up the chin chin straps and let's see who's the best football team. 
And uh, I think that's what both sides would really like to see. Yeah, you, you can go through all that about, you know, messy day, my favor, NC State. But at the same time, I think NC State thinks they're, you know, a good football team, one worthy and capable of, of possibly winning the ACC championship, one capable of winning at Clemson. And uh, certainly to have a messy day would, would uh, you know, obviously they take the W if they got it, move out of town. But at the same time, I think they'd like to just go out on the field, nice, clear night, under the lights, ABC television, everything that goes with it. And, okay, let's see who's got the best team. Any early week rumblings? And keep in mind, folks out there listening, depending on when you're uh, listening to this. And, you know, there's there's just hundreds of millions of folks out there listening. <laughs> we appreciate the support. Uh, undoubtedly, but if you're tuning in, maybe on a Thursday, this possibly has been resolved uh, by then. But here early in the week, any rumblings about you know pl plans to handle the you know the storm, depending on what happens? Any rumblings about possibly moving the game or rescheduling rescheduling it or, or anything along those lines, Chip? I, I have not heard any of that, and obviously, it might be a little too early in the week to be uh, to be trying to make those kind of plans early moving the game, but. No, I haven't heard anything about that. And uh, I know that Dave Doran said at his press conference, that, you know, they've been consulting with meteorologists and, and those kind of things. Well, somebody on his staff, maybe not him, although he probably wants to get the information first uh, about the track of the storm and all this kind of stuff and, and what kind of conditions they may or may not see Saturday. But uh, it's a long time between now and Saturday. A lot could change. The storm could turn. Uh, you know, the path of the storm could change. Uh, conditions might get even worse. Uh, I kind of hate that this is uh, what's happening this week, but obviously there's no control over it. You just got to prepare for it. You know, if you're Dave Doran in the Wolfpack, it, it is quite the bummer. If you know, if it does come to pass, if it does kind of mess with the environment and things, that'd be a shame. I'm just hoping it doesn't interfere with the bluegrass festival that's going on. <laughs> here. Um, well, if somebody is going to be in a car driving in the direction of the storm, I'm hoping that it's a, a very negligible kind. Of kind of a thing so uh but no you know you know, looking at this series there have been some great nc state clemson games through the years and, and i'm i would like to see this be another one regardless who wins the game you know i think about you know uh nc state and this has been discussed so many times they won their last championship in 1979 their last acc championship nc state did and the reason they won it was because of a very gutsy goal line stand by its defense at Clemson when they won the game in Clemson. And those were the two best teams in the league. And so by winning that game, in essence, that, that won them the, the, their ACC championship. And certainly through the years, you know, I, I remember 1991, I brought up one of those years where NC State was 6-0 and and ranked 12th. And Ken Hatfield was the coach at Clemson at the time. And they hadn't worn the uh, – and I, I guess uh, somebody from Clemson would have to give you the full history, but they have kind of these purple, these special purple uniforms. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, – uh, yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah. And they, they, want, they wore orange in the pregame warm-ups, and then they went in just before the game and changed into the purple and came out, and the, and the place just erupted. Uh, and they played awfully well, and they, they beat State by – I think it was 29-19 in that game. Uh, to end State's uh, undefeated season then uh, in 1991. And I know I think that Dick, if I remember correctly, and I was at that game, that Dick Sheridan really felt like that team could win the ACC title that year. That was the year before Florida State joined the league and skewed everything. But uh, so it was almost like the last year, 
Hey, here's our last chance to get an ACC title before the big boys roll in. So and, and uh, it was over once the Knolls showed up. Was <laughs> that was over for a, a long stretch. Yeah, for about a decade, for about 10, 11 years, 12 years in there, not much success right. uh, for the other school. You did bring up earlier, and I forgot to tie this back in, but the time that State started off so hot in 02, they dropped those three straight games, and they come back and beat Florida State at right. Carson Lee to close that. Uh, to close that regular season out. And, of course, that's the Adrian McPherson game that came to be known in Tallahassee. And, of course, I covered FSU uh, for several years uh, in the mid to late 2000s from 07 through uh, 2010. And people in Tallahassee were still talking about Adrian McPherson. And <laughs> did he have any motivations to play poorly that particular game, perhaps, just because uh, he did not play particularly well if you remember back in that uh, back right. in that 2002 uh, game at Carter Finley, but you, know, you brought up the game day thing. You brought up the fact that this is ABC prime time, and you know, I'll be honest with you, like the first game of the year, maybe this was just first game nerves or jitters or whatever. But I thought State looked a little bit tight in Greenville uh, at ECU. That was a rowdy environment. ECU always gets fired up to play NC State, and you know, frankly, I thought Devin Leary played tight. I thought, I thought the team looked a little bit nervous and perhaps not even ready for that stage. What makes you think that they're going to be ready for this particular stage, which is something unlike any NC State player has been on? Yeah, you know, it's interesting you brought up the East Carolina game because I think you're right. I think Dave Doran has, has mentioned uh, from time to time that it was almost as if his guys might have been a little too confident going into that game. Like, you know, we're a 10 point favor. We're going to win this game. And, you know, if you were there and I was there that day, if you were there, you would have seen that that, I mean, that, that stadium was lit. I mean, those, those, those fans were ready for that game. And so was East Carolina's football team. And the longer that they stayed in that game. And, and as you said, made NC state play tight, when they started to realize it wasn't going to be a fairly easy game, you know, they were up 21 to seven at halftime. They had things in control, but are uh, seemingly in control. But once uh, ECU started tightening things up in the second half, it got to be a very tough football game. But in, in the end, I mean, NC state has been in that environment. And that is one reason I know that uh, Dave Dorn has mentioned that he wanted to have that East Carolina game as an opener this year so that their first road experience would not be, you know, going to Clemson. I mean, he didn't want his first couple of games all being games at Carter-Finley where they're winning easily and, and it's it's a nice crowd and everybody's having a good time. And all of a sudden you walk in to Memorial Stadium with whatever, 90,000 people screaming at you. You know, it's, it, obviously East Carolina Stadium is not quite like Memorial Stadium, but, but the atmosphere – and the uh, in the lead up to it before the game and everything about it was what a hostile environment, whatever you want to call it. That was exactly what Doran wanted uh, as the lead up to this Clemson game. So um, it won't be the first time they walk out in, into a stadium and hear a lot of booze or hear the the home team thundering. You know, for the for the I mean the home crowd thundering for the home team won't be like that. So. Uh, and they've been in some big games before. NC State has some players who've been in some big road games before. Uh, so that that I think that was all part of this this planning for this season and scheduling was to get that East Carolina game as a, as a good experience factor. You know, going into the Clemson game. So we'll see if it, see if it works this Saturday. 
I hope people out there listening were paying attention to you making the case for why it was actually smart for NC State to go <laughs> on the road and, and play that road game at ECU to open the season because, you know, I wrote a thing. I do this thing every Monday, kind of a look back at the weekend. And I wrote uh, after the opening weekend when you had State go to ECU, you had Carolina up in Boone at App State. Two great atmospheres turned out to be two great games. I feel like there should be more of that going on. And, yeah, you had a whole lot of NC State and Carolina people being like, we should never play these games. It's so stupid. We don't gain anything. There's you know, there's nothing beneficial that can come of it for our schools and our teams, and there's everything to lose. And, you know, I completely disagree for a couple of reasons. The first one being, again, it's, you know, it's cool for people here in North Carolina to, to get fired up about uh, those events, and they matter to fans, and that's how you build interest in the sport. Uh, and then on a more practical level, just in terms of how it relates to these particular teams, like it's a good thing for NC State to have been tested uh, at, you know, at ECU and, and win that game. Luckily, uh, as it might have been with, with the ECU kicker struggling there late and missing an extra point in the field goal. And it's a good thing for Carolina to have had that experience uh, going up to Boone and, and somehow surviving a fourth quarter in which it gave up 40 points. So I make the case that these are good games that, you know, schools I think should schedule uh, even more of these things because I think it's a win-win for everybody. Well, I'll agree with a lot of these points. And uh, before we get too long into this thing, and I think we are a little long now, but uh, I don't think I've asked you, do you think this is the biggest game in NC State's football history? I mean, I, I tend to think so just because, you know, like like a lot of younger people these days, our attention spans are so short and we can't remember anything or care about anything that didn't happen like in our lifetimes or whatever. But yeah, I, I think I'm a little bit uh, better about that sort of thing than, than a lot of folks. but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, going back to the 60s, I think the points that you made earlier are all very cogent points. And, you know, I, I, you know, if you look at just rankings and what could have happened if that particular state team back then had won at Penn State, possibly being ranked number one, uh, in hindsight, yeah, you could say maybe um, that that particular game is, was the most important or biggest in school history. But I look at this moment now for NC State and opportunities like this for the Wolfpack are just so rare. Uh, you know, they just don't come come around uh, very often for state to have a program defining win like this on a, on a national scale. And I wrote this stuff recently about App State being the best program uh, in the state of North Carolina after they went on the road and beat Texas A&M. And part of that was the fact that App State has a couple of these huge, like, you know, capture the uh, nation's attention type wins over the past 15 years, beating Michigan 2007, beating Texas A&M uh, when they were number six earlier this year. And I look at the other schools in North Carolina, as good as some of these programs have been, Wake Forest, very good program. What is Dave Clawson's best win? I really don't know. I mean, it might be a couple of victories over state in recent years. They were close the other day, didn't get it done. Uh, Carolina's best win. I, I mean, was it, I, I can't, I don't know. I can't think of it. Miami a couple of years ago when they stomped them, but Miami is just always overrated and kind of a mess. And you know, I think back Carolina in 2015, won a bunch of games. I don't think any of those games were against ranked opponents. Mm. Um, yeah. The point I'm trying to make is like opportunities like what state has on Saturday are just so rare for any any school in North Carolina to come through on the national stage, 
to make your mark for state this particular Saturday to do it on national television uh, with Herb Street and Chris Fowler on the call on ABC. That's going to be the game that everyone around the country is watching. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, I make the case that it is the biggest game in school history just because of all those external factors. And, and I think part of it is the quote unquote noise and, and the media landscape these days. Back in the 60s, you know, as big as that would have been for state, you didn't have kind of that hype machine um, that would really be sort of self-sustaining after, after you know, a big win back in those days. I think if state wins this, it just creates a ton of momentum for the program. I think it you know, it filters down into recruiting. It, you know, it has a whole bunch of other effects, uh, even off the field, that maybe we don't even understand yet uh, because it hasn't happened. So I make the case that, you know, this is as big as it as big as it gets, um, <laughs> as big as it has been for state would be my argument. Yeah, well, I think you make you make a lot of good points, and you know, one thing too that. I think the team that might benefit the most from this game this weekend might be Florida State <laughs> in a weird kind of way. You know, they're, they're catching uh, Wake Forest, I guess, this week after their, you know, their deflating loss last week to Clemson. I mean, you know, and here's Florida State playing Wake this week, and now they're going to play State next week. So, you know, win or lose against Clemson, it's going to be an emotional, you know, outcome for State. And then they're going to have to gear back up. At least that game will be at home uh, against Florida State. So, uh, it's going to be, you know, you're looking at the Atlantic division and everything. I mean, even if NC state goes in there and beats Clemson this week and, and everybody's celebrating this huge win and where we're going to be ranked, if we rank 10th, we must be, we might be fifth or sixth next week. You know, all of a sudden you got Florida state coming into their place. And the week after that, you have Syracuse at Syracuse. So, I mean, the schedule's not going to get a whole lot easier for NC state, certainly not in these next couple of weeks. Especially with a with a Florida State team that's showing, you know, that they they really have improved this year, and then Syracuse having kind of a little bit so far, kind of a dream season for them, and and a, really a turnabout season for them under Dino Babers. So it's uh, it's going to make for an interesting couple of weeks. But uh, there's only one game this week for NC State, and uh, you know, I, I you ask about the the weather and everything else. I have no idea what the travel plans is. I mean, you know, they might have been planning to take a couple of take a plane or whatever to, to Clemson and, and have to get on buses and go down. I don't know what they're planning on doing or will have to do by the end of the week. But uh, I, w I wish that wasn't the case. I wish it was just the fact, hey, there, there's a game going to be played 730 Saturday. Should make for a great atmosphere. Everybody get ready for it. But uh, all these external and X factors now are going to go into this thing. So it's just going to be a wait and see all, you know, all week long. Indeed, right you are, Chip. We have a couple minutes uh, remaining here before we, we have to wrap up. Have you ever covered a game, or when was the last game you covered in a hurricane? Mine was back in 2016. <laughs> Virginia Tech folks and UNC folks still go back and forth about it. Hurricane Matthew, there was maybe, oh, I don't know, about 22 people or so in the stands at Keenan Stadium, and rightfully so, by the way, because it was completely miserable. Um, but just a total slop fest of the game that Virginia Tech ran away with. Last hurricane game for you, quickly. That was uh, that was at Duke the same day. Duke played a home game that day. Uh, the same day the NC State beat Notre Dame uh, at Carter-Finley. Duke was playing a home game. And I remember the rain going sideways, and, and a couple of the Duke players, after, of course, Duke won the game, a couple of the Duke players were saying, hey, this is great. You know, it's like uh, having fun back home in the mud, you know, going out in a, in a little bit of a rainstorm and sliding around. 
So uh, I guess you can say that when you win, but that, that was the last uh, hurric- slash hurricane tropical storm type game. So not the game that Laura Keeley abandoned you and then you had to cut no. her the lateral Miami. No, that was, that was the Miami game, the one that ended with eight laterals, which uh, was much more of a nightmare game than the, the hurricane game. Even though, like most of us in the media, you know, you do have a nice walk from the media lot to the press box. And I know a lot of fans that go, oh, that's such a shame. But, uh, boy, I do remember the rain was going sideways uh, that day trying to get, you know, to, to the, into the stadium. <laughs> So it was it was a bad day. Yeah, I'm hoping Saturday is not like that at Clemson. It took about a week for my shoes to dry out after that one in Chapel Hill <laughs> a few years ago. But I think that's uh, we've pretty much run out of time. Chip, if I could just get maybe one key for you, just a, a word or two, the key for NC State on Saturday. Well, it's going to be up to the defense. And certainly uh, Clemson's offense looked very explosive in that game at Wake Forest. NC State's defense has been touted most of the year as, as one of the nation's best. They play an odd stack uh, kind of scheme that, that may confuse, uh, you know, the Clemson offense. And certainly I think it'll come down. If they play if they play up to their standards as a defense against Clemson's offense, can hold them down. You might have kind of a boring game, but it might be a boring game that ends with an NC State victory, and I'm sure Dave Doran would take that. Awesome. Well, my, my key for NC State is a decent start. Uh, and, and with that, I think we're out of time. Thank you so much, Chip, for hanging out. All right, my man. Good to see you, veteran. Venerable veteran, Andrew Carter. Nice talking to you, bud. The venerable <laughs> Chip Alexander. Have fun down there in Clemson. Okay. Thank you.